Good morning, church. Everybody doing good? You know, being a Cowboys fan, I get a lot of a lot of flack all the time. But uh, it's like I was telling Brother Derek today. I said, you know, it just only brings me closer to the Lord. So not even going to stress about it, okay? But I pray, you know, that you've been seeing God move in ways, specifically in your prayer life, um, that you've been able to come more boldly to God's throne and, and even just speak with them in a way that you feel more comfortable than you ever have. You know, prayer is a beautiful resource that God gives us to stay connected with him, to realign ourselves, to gain wisdom, just all the different things that we always need. It's always available right there. And as we continue on that journey today, we're going to be reading some words from Jesus. We're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to hear what he has to say about prayer. And he also gives us a guide of how to pray. I know sometimes we even struggle with that. Um, but before we get started, let me pray, and then we'll begin. Father, I thank you. Oh, man. I just thank you for your grace and your love each day, Father. That every morning we could wake up, and no matter what we've done the night before or what's been going on in our situation, we could always know that your love remains true. That we could find just grace and peace when we come and spend time with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that this morning that we would feel your love in a way that touches us, in a way that is needed, in a way that serves us, man, in whatever we're lacking. So, Father, would you speak to us? Would you just adjust our hearts, our minds, so we could receive from you this morning? Father, we just, man, we're just humbled by you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I think about prayer, for many of us, even including myself, I think there's moments that we all find ourselves struggling. It happens, okay? Where you wonder, man, is, does God really hear me? Is everything that I'm saying, is he really picking it up? Is he receiving it? We all struggle at times. Sometimes we don't even feel like praying. We're like, man, I don't even want to do this right now. And I share that with you because I want you to be encouraged that you're not alone. It's something I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, right? It's okay not to be okay. You're not the only one that feels that way. We, we all don't have our lives together as much as we try, as much as we wish things would be easy, would be comfortable. It's, it's not the case. And when you read the Bible, what you discover is there's a lot of jacked up people in the Bible. So there's a lot of encouragement no matter who you are, your situation, that God still loves you, he can still use you, he's still willing to sit with you and listen to you and help you work through your problems. I think too, child, too much we're, we're harder on ourselves about it all. We make prayer way more difficult than what it is. We pray and then we feel bad about what we just prayed. We feel like, man, God ain't really going to be listening. I messed that all up. But that's why prayer is so important. Because even the disciples, right, they lived with Jesus, they did life with Jesus, they still struggled, often understanding what Jesus was even telling them. See, you could have the best and still struggle with your mess, something we all have. But when you push through, when you say, you know what, I'm still going to go to God about this, I'm still going to talk to him about this, man, that's when you receive 
that other side that you're trying to get to, that breakthrough, that deliverance. That's when it comes, when you're consistent in pursuing him, when you're consistent in persevering. You know, God honors our obedience, and no matter what amount of time you spend with him, I want you to know it's not a wasted time. It's time that you are going to see an investment returned. It's a time that you're going to be blessed in every way you're needed. So I want us to read in, in Matthew 6 when Jesus is speaking and he's talking about prayer. And he opens this way in verse 5. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. I don't know if he caught the first thing that Jesus said, but he said, when you pray. He's saying, look, man, if you're going to have a relationship with me, we're going to have to have some conversations. We're going to have to talk. And that's the thing. If we want a healthy relationship with Jesus, if we want a healthy relationship with ourselves, with other people, there's got to be open lines of communication. That means you got to be willing to talk even when you don't feel like it. Not just when things are good, not just when things are bad, but even in the in-between. That when you're praying, it's not something that you do to be seen. It's something you do to be heard. It's something you do to receive. It's something you do to keep yourself aligned with God, to be led by the Spirit. And so uh, the first thing that I want you to pull away from the day more than anything is that when it comes to prayer, when it comes to your prayer life, praying isn't a public conversation, okay? Praying, it isn't a public conversation. In those times, the religious leaders were known for publicly going out and, and talking about God, but they were more known about being about themselves. Even when it came to praying, it was all about them. It was never for the person they were praying for, even the people that they were supposed to be teaching and talking to, it was all about them. And Jesus is letting us know that praying individually to him, that's a personal conversation. It's not a public one. When you talk to somebody, what do you do? You talk in a voice that's loud enough that they can hear you, not for everybody else to hear you. Now, I know some of us are loud with our voices, but our desire isn't for everybody to be in our conversation, right? It's a private thing. And Jesus is reminding us of that. He's saying, look, man, if you go out seeking attention, you're going to get attention, but that's all you're going to get. So when you go in that way and you're praying and your prayers don't get answered, like, well, you really got what you asked for. You can't be mad at God or anybody else, but you got exactly what you were doing, what you wanted. And that's not to say that there's not a space for us to publicly come and pray. There's not a space for us to come and pray over a person or a situation. There is. But Jesus is saying, hey, when you're trying to come to me, make sure you come correct. Make sure that it's just between me and you. You ain't got to include the world in this. We struggle with that because why? Social media and stuff says, man, bring everything out. Let everybody fill you in. Let everybody be with you. But you know the dangers of that. You don't want the wrong people in your business. We get mad because people know your business when we're the ones putting it out there. Prayer isn't a public conversation. 
Jesus wants us to see that it's your motives that matter. That he sees through it all and he wants us to learn to see through our own as well. So that way we don't hinder our own prayers, that we don't hinder the prayers and block the prayers that we're praying for other people. So that's the first thing that we got to understand. Got to be careful who, what you're praying about, who you're praying about. As we continue on in Matthew 6, verse 7 and 8, he says, And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. We struggle with that one too when we hear other people pray, right? There's some people that pray and you'd be like, dang, I ain't nowhere close to that. That, that, boy, that boy is spiritual. That woman is close to God. Did you hear what she was saying? We start to compare ourselves and we mess ourselves up. But I, I want you to take away what Jesus wants us to learn through all of this. He wants you to know, make what you say count. Make what you say count. Again, Jesus said, when you pray, he said, hey, I expect to spend time with you. I expect to have these conversations. And when you do, be mindful of how you speak. Be mindful of what you're saying. Don't just go on and on and on and on. And that's not to say that you can't return to them about the same problems and same issues you got going on. You can. That's not to say that you could ever come to them too much. Man, you can never pray too much. You can never go to God with your problems too much. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus talks about persistent prayer, about pressing in and returning and returning with the same problems to God as you wait for your breakthrough. What Jesus is saying, though, he's saying, hey, just because you're repeating the same words over and over and over, it ain't going to make the way that God's going to move different. You're not going to unlock something that's being withheld from you. It's not going to change your situation any better. Just because you heard somebody pray this certain way doesn't mean you're supposed to pray the same way. Have you ever had a time when you were talking to somebody and you really didn't say much, but you got your point across? I know parents are real good at that, right? They could say a couple of words and everybody understood. Like, okay, I got you. Jesus is saying the same thing. Man, it ain't about all the length of time that you go in prayer. It ain't about the fancy words or how you pray. It's about where it's coming from. Are you speaking from your heart? Are you being sincere? Are you being honest? Are you being real? Or are you just saying some things? Because you think that's what's going to help the situation. Because when you're just going about it that way, what you're really doing is you're saying empty words. They're shallow words. They might sound good. It might even, uh, man, make other people say, dang, that person prays good. But if your heart ain't behind it, then you got a problem. Jesus said, make what you say count. Let every word carry weight. Let every word be meaningful. Don't be that roadblock that's stopping you from seeing God move in your situation. So we got to come correct to him, right? So we see a couple of things. Okay, it's something private that I need to go in and talk to my father about. I need to make sure that what I'm saying, I actually mean. So the length of time doesn't matter. Fancy words don't matter. Having all the knowledge of the Bible, man, that doesn't affect you or change your prayer life. It's having a true and honest conversation with him. That's what matters. And then Jesus, 
he goes on to say a prayer that probably many of us have heard in our life. They call it the Lord's Prayer. It's something that you might have said. You might have said it at a funeral. You might have had your grandparents grow up trying to teach you this prayer. Man, it's an awesome, amazing prayer. But you probably didn't know that there's a lot behind it, though. And and I'm excited to share with you about it. But I want us to read what it says. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. It says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Man, that is a great prayer to be praying. And like I said, I'm sure many of us have said it. Some of us may still be saying it to this day. That's a prayer that, I mean, Desiree has really done an excellent job of helping our kids learn. But did you know it's also a guide of how you can pray? Jesus was doing more than just saying a prayer or giving you a prayer to repeat. He was giving us a template, a guide to learn how to pray. So that's what I want you to understand today. The Lord's Prayer is a guide to help us pray. It's going to help you. One of the biggest struggles that we have is where do we start? I don't even know how to start praying, Pastor. I don't even know how to pray about my situation. I don't, where do I even begin? Well, you're not alone. We all struggle with that. You know, one of the things that I've learned in my time is it's always easier to do something when you feel sure about it, you feel comfortable in doing it. But the moment you have that uncertainty that I don't know, a lot of times you would rather just avoid it and not do it completely. And I struggle with this myself. There's a lot of times, and my wife Desiree will tell you, when it comes to eating food and dinner, we struggle with that battle every day. What are we going to eat? What do I need to pick up? Do I need to go to the grocery store? A lot of times, because I don't know the answer to that question, I'm just like, you know what? I don't even want to solve it. Let's just go eat sandwiches. Let's eat some soups at the house. It's a whole lot easier. We do that same thing with God, though. A lot of times he's preparing us for certain things, and then we get to a place of uncertainty. And instead of saying, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to lean into this. We say, you know what? Since because I don't have all the information, I don't really know. I'm just going to avoid it. I'd rather stick in a situation that I prayed out of, out of than being in a situation that I don't know nothing about. But what did Jesus start off saying? He says, man, I want to help you with this. I want to let you know that there's a start to everything. It's real easy to come to the Father with. Jesus started off praying in verse 10. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I don't know if you ever seen on TikTok, it was a guy saying, I know the Lord, I know God's name. It's Howard. It's like, how, where did you get that from? Well, it's in the prayer right there, the Lord's prayer. Said, Howard be his name. <laughs> Jesus ain't saying that God's name is Howard, okay? See, hallowed means to be kept holy. It means to be honored, to be respected. It means to acknowledge accurately. A common name that you see Jesus referred to God is Father. He calls him Abba. 
Jesus wants us to see that not only is God holy, is he majestic, right? Sometimes mysterious in how he does things. He's also personal. He's also loving. He's also intimate. I know we don't get to pick the parents that brought us into this life. And because of that, our relationships aren't always that great. But we don't realize the relationships that we have with our parents, it often affects every relationship we're ever in in life. And that includes our relationship with God. A lot of times we project those relationships and those feelings onto God. But Jesus wants to understand that he is not of this world. He said he's from heaven. He's a heavenly father. He's not an earthly father. So when we remind ourselves this, when we start our prayers as this, what we're doing is we're lifting our hearts and minds to who God really is. We're reminding ourselves that we're part of a bigger family that's more than just about ourselves. We're reminding ourselves that apart with God, we could accomplish more than we can without him. That what he says up in there goes. And so it's a great way to start a prayer because you acknowledge who God is. And it starts off by you acknowledging and expressing gratitude and admiration. So when you don't know where to start praying, man, just start acknowledging who God is. Start expressing praise for what he's doing in your life, for what he said he would do in your life. That's an easy way for all of us to get started in our prayer. The next verse, Jesus continues and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, at this time, a lot of people would come and listen to Jesus because they had prophesied and they had heard about a Messiah coming to overthrow the different empires that were trying to rule over them, specifically at this time, the Roman Empire. So when they heard about a Messiah coming, they were thinking, man, he's going to come, he's going to overthrow the, the Roman Empire, and we're going to see his kingdom. But they had an earthly perspective on things. And Jesus is like, no, when it comes to God, when it comes to his kingdom, you got to have a heavenly perspective. you got to see that the things of this earth are not the limitations by what God lives. He's the one that places the limitations out there. So before he comes to fulfill the establishing a new heaven and a new earth, before he comes and he wipes all the evil, he unleashes the wrath of his judgment, before Jesus comes back, he's saying, man, you could experience the kingdom of heaven now in your life, in your situation. But in order for you to unleash that, to receive that, you got to understand what the kingdom of heaven is. That's the reason that coming to church is so important. That's the reason that going to Bible study and men's group and women's group and all these different things are so important. That's the reason that reading your word is so important, because as you do these things, you begin to grasp what the kingdom of heaven is. You begin to grasp who God is. And once you come to that understanding, then you can start seeing it move in your life. Then you can know how to pray about God's will in your life in ways that are actually going to come. See, when we pray God's will, we're not saying that we're leaving things up to faith, to chance. We're not like, man, God, whatever your will be done, what's, if it happens, it happens. That's not what that is, man. It's saying that you're trusting him. You're trusting his desire for your life. That even when it doesn't look good, you're saying, God, man, I know you're still going to make good out of the situation. Even when you are still struggling, when you feel like you're being harmed, when you're just coming against, you're saying, God... I don't know why this is happening, but I know you're still good, and I know that you're still going to use this for a better purpose, not only for myself, but for everybody that it affects. 
You see, the kingdom of heaven rules over this earth. And so when we call that, when we come to understanding of that, when we come to praying of that, we can see a glimpse of it in our life, in our situations. And if you know anything about heaven, it's a place of no suffering. It's a place of no sorrow. It's a place of joy, of happiness. So everything that we go through in this life, it has a purpose. And we can see God's kingdom and his will be done through it. But you got to understand it first before you can implement it. And then Jesus continued on and he said, give us today our daily bread. See, praying for daily bread, it helps you acknowledge God as a sustainer, as a provider. Not a magician, okay? Not a genie. But God doesn't establish a program that he isn't going to fund, okay? I mean, he always going to provide for you in whatever way that you're lacking or that you're needing. And that's every day. But that means you got a responsibility to go to him every day. So when you're needing wisdom, when you're needing self-control, when you're needing courage, when you're needing that electric bill to get paid, when you're needing that parking ticket to go away, that's my own personal request. Right. He's saying, come to me every day, though. When we do that, it helps us walk in by faith, trusting versus what we see, reminding ourselves that every day we need him. We need him included in everything. In the Old Testament, it talks about the Israelites and how he was leading them to the promised land through the wilderness. And, and every day they would get up in the morning when they didn't have nothing to eat and God was providing manna. He wants to do the same thing for us. See, the thing about the Israelites is they say, you know what? I'm going to stockpile all this and I can use some tomorrow. They got up the next morning. It was no good anymore. They had to go back out and get more. That's the same thing with us. You can't just come to church on Sunday and pray and spend time here and think the rest of your week is going to be all gravy. That's not how this is going to work. He's saying, you have to come to me every day. You got to get filled up every day. Get your daily bread. Not just cake for special occasions, okay? Then Jesus continued on. He says, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And don't let us lead, yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We could all experience grace, love, and freedom for forgiveness when we take our sins to him. You might be like, well, I thought Jesus paid the price for us. I thought he made us right with God. He did. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, and once you believe in him, you are forgiven right now in the present. You are forgiven for the things in the future. You are forgiven for things of the past. But there's a purpose to us going and seeking forgiveness every day. You see, because when you hold on to the things that you've done wrong, you know what happens? You start building up. You start walking with a bunch of luggage that you got no business carrying. You start having a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And you know what that creates? It creates a wedge between you and God. You start being afraid to go and have conversation with them and go speak with them. But when you do the opposite and you go to him every day with the things that you've messed up on, you find relief. You find wisdom. You find a way to handle your situation better the next time that it comes about. Because what did Jesus say? He said, man, we don't need some help. We don't want to fall to temptation. 
when you do things your own power, you're always going to fall. You're always going to fail. That's why us seeking forgiveness is so important because it helps us yield from that happening, from that taking place. And then something crazy even happens. We learn to forgive others the same way that we get forgiven. And that's hard, church. That's probably the hardest part of all this, forgiving somebody else. But when you come to realize how much God loves you despite you, how much he's willing to put up with your mess, with your junk, and keep forgiving you, keep loving you, keep helping you, you start to have compassion for that person that wronged you, that came against you, that did something wrong, that really hurt you. Because when we left to ourselves, what do we want to do? We want revenge, okay? We want them to hurt like we hurt. We want them to suffer like we suffered. But when you go to God with it every day, you begin to let go of that. You begin to see them in a different light than you saw when you were going through it. That's why it's so important, church. We're all going to find ourselves in that. And the enemy loves to use it as a trap to keep you in. When I was younger, I used to always, like, glorify being in the hood. I'm be real with you, okay? Even now, I still struggle with it, okay? It's from the hood, okay? But I used to be like, you know, we're, we're in the trap and all this and that. And as I gave my life to the Lord, God was just like, boy, you hear what you're saying? You was in a trap. And I set you free. So why in the world would you want to keep being in there? He said, you need to come to realize. But it wasn't until I started coming to him every day. Started coming to him with my brokenness. Started coming to him seeking forgiveness that I started realizing it. That them same people that hurt me, I started saying, man, you know what? I don't know what led them to that decision, but God, I hope they find you the same way that I did. I hope that I'm able to see them lives change the way that you're changing mine because I know that their kids need them. I know that their brother and sister need them. I know that their parents need them the same way that mine did. Power of prayer, I'm telling you. At the end of the prayer, he said, thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever. When you end your prayer that way, what you realize is, man, at the end of the day, this is all his. He's still going to get the glory. He's still got the power. He's still moving. And we need that perspective sometimes. Because it's easy to turn on the TV and see the Cowboys losing. Get frustrated. <laughs> It's easy to get that phone call from somebody you care about and they tell you some bad news and say, God, where are you at? It's easy to look at the negativity of our life and get consumed by negativity. But the Lord's Prayer wants us to see the opposite of that. He said, man, here's a quick guide to help you overcome all of these things. So when you don't know what to pray, then you can start here and add to it. That's the beauty of God, man. He's always trying to guide us and help us. So the Lord's Prayer is a guide to help us pray, help us find a start. It can help you by starting off praising God, aligning your heart and your mind with him. It helps us pray for his work to be done in our life, in our situation, in our families. It helps us pray for our daily needs and keep us returning to him, being dependent on him. It helps us overcome our daily struggles and fight the enemy in a way that he can't beat us. It helps us be reminded that at the end of the day, God is still in control and he's still good. 
even when what we experience or what we feel is telling us it's the opposite. The Lord's Prayer is powerful. And the more time you spend praying, the, the more time you're going to hear God better. The more time you're going to see him moving in your life greater. The more time you're going to be astonished by the way he loves you and how, man, thoughtful and intimate he can be. There's a lot of things that I pray for in my life, and sometimes it's just I feel dumb for asking. But a lot of times God just shows me how much he cares and loves by some of the smallest things. Church, don't be afraid to go to him. So my challenge for all of us this week, keep praying. It's really that simple, church. Even when you don't want to do it, go pray. Even when life is going good, go pray. Even when you're struggling, go pray. Paul talks about praying with never ceasing, which means just staying in communication with God throughout the day. A lot of us be talking to ourselves. We could be talking to God. How much better would he help us than our own thoughts? We keep talking to ourselves, man. We already know we're going to lead ourselves. Go to God with it. Talk with him. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. Then every area of our life that we lack, you said give it to you and you'll provide. And so, Lord, I thank you that our struggles, that our mess, our beautiful roadmaps to your will and your plans for us. They're beautiful destinations to growth. They're beautiful experiences to becoming who you designed us to be, to receiving your blessing. And so, Lord, just help us open up the lines of communication. Father, I don't know what that looks like for each one of us, Father, but you've given us many different roads to speak with you. We've seen technology advance, Lord. The thing about you is you're always advancing to us. And as we grow in our relationship with you, we discover new ways to communicate with you. And so, Lord, help us not just come to you one way, but come to you in all the ways in every area of our lives. Father, we release it all to you, and we just thank you for this. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. We have some prayer team members up here, but I also want us to do something else. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. What's the Lord's Supper? Jesus said, man, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. When you drink the juice, remember that I shed my blood for you. When you eat that piece of bread, remember that I gave my body for you. That when you believe me and you trust in me, this is a great way to be reminded of the goodness of me in your life. The word also talks about before you partake in this, for one, that you should believe that he did this for you. But for two, had it heart to heart with him. If there's something you've been holding on that you haven't released to him, that you haven't talked to him about, do that before you do this. And so I'll have some of our guys bring up the Lord's Supper. We're going to have it here on the stage. And as the worship music is playing, the prayer teams are up here, whenever you feel comfortable, I want to invite you to come. Get the cup, get the juice, and you have that. You have that. It's a great way to realign yourself with God. No matter what you've done the night before, no matter what happened before you came here this morning or you're struggling with today, he says, I'm here with open arms. I love the story about uh, the prodigal son. And the, the thing that he always gets me is the prodigal son returns home and he's 
kind of just ashamed of himself. But it says the father comes running to him with open arms. I don't know if you know how much God loves you, but he always running towards you with open arms. And this is a representation of that today. So as we go into worship, have that moment. If you need to go in prayer in the back, you need to come to the altar. Whatever the case may be, let's go to the Lord. A lot of us go, me and Miss Josie were talking about this morning, right? Other things that don't even matter to us, that really don't affect our lives, including teams like this. And I started realizing my health wasn't in a good situation because of it. And you, you died for me that same way. I said, you sure right. A lot of times people are willing to stand through over something like this but not do the same thing for a God that loves them. And so I want us to really just come to the Lord this morning. So whenever you're ready, we'll be up here. It's prayer team members. But man, let's go to our Father.